Greetings and welcome. I am Dr. Carol Gambule, your host on Word Anchor Podcast. I'm also an author and a publisher. This weekly podcast covers a wide range of issues that we face in life and the solutions that are provided for in the Word of God. I aim to encourage, to teach, motivate, and guide as we move along in this life's journey. Please subscribe, download, and share this podcast. Someone out there needs to hear this message. I hope you enjoy this episode. Greetings and welcome to Wet Anchor Podcast. This episode is inspired by my book, The Bride of Jesus, a glorious church awaiting the return of the Lord. This book is about the relationship between Christ and the church as a husband relates to his wife. The Bible tells us that the husband has to love his wife as Christ loves the church and the church submits to the Lord as the wife submits to her husband. Glory to Jesus. This episode is titled, The Cost of Following. We normally don't count the cost of marriage, other than the literal cost of the wedding, that is paying the bride price, preparing the venue, the clothes for the wedding day, the food and the drinks. Those things are costly but immaterial. We rarely look at what it really means to get married until you're already in it. For starters, a woman normally leaves her parents to go to her new home. She takes up the surname of her husband and changes her identity to align with her husband. She learns the custom of her husband's family and in all of these things, the husband may have very little changes to his life except the benefit of having someone to cook and to clean for him. And in all these things, the woman rejoices even if she's no longer called by the surname of her father. She rejoices because she is with the one who loves her and whom she loves also. She can at times even leave her job to move to a new home. She is happy to learn the customs and the culture of her husband's family. She is happy to even carry children and suffer the pain of labor during childbirth. That is the journey of a woman. Now back to Christ and the church. As believers, we tend to think that salvation is all about going to heaven and that's it. At times we think of all the benefits, the blessings, the good life that the word promises. And when the time to take hard decisions and face troubles, we then think God has forsaken us. There is a cost to following Jesus. Let us learn from Saul of Tarsus. The Bible tells us that Saul was a devout Jewish man, possibly a member of the Sanhedrin. He was given authority to persecute the believers, and that is a role that would not be given an ordinary man on the street. And Paul stated even in the book of Acts chapter 26 verse 10 that he cast his vote against the believers. It is written, This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. So he was an important man in uh, the circle of those that were in charge. He went after the people of the way as it was called. The authorities had already killed Jesus and they were frustrated by his resurrection and the power by which he was doing miracles through the apostles. So they thought that they had dealt with Jesus, but he multiplied. Glory to Jesus. Fearful Peter was now healing the lame. He was casting out devils. He was healing the sick. Many people were now following the way with miracles happening in their midst in the name of Jesus. And Saul, a man who studied the law under Gamaliel, 
He wanted to enforce the law, just as the authorities tried to find something to pin down Jesus with using the law. Saul then went and asked for permission to persecute the believers, to arrest and bring them bound to Jerusalem with the authority given to him. He went his way to Damascus. Then he met up with Jesus on the way. It is written in the book of Acts chapter 9 verse 4 to 6. Jesus Christ said to Saul, 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 why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Is it hard for you to kick against the gods? So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. This was not what Paul had planned. His joy was on finding each and every one of those believers who were wreaking havoc in the community. How dare they heal the sick in the name of Jesus, whom the authority had already crucified? How dare they follow the one who said he was the son of God? How dare they are increasing in numbers 3,000 men in one day? How could they do that? Saul was taken blind into the house of Judas. He stayed there three days without food or drink, blind as a bat. His assignment was cut short. He had gone out to persecute Jesus, but Jesus Christ came straight to the man who was persecuting him, the church. Then God sent a man, Ananias, to go and open his eyes. Ananias protested at first, and the Lord replied, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So, two things happened here. The plans of Saul changed, and he would suffer for the sake of the Lord. Child of God, plans have to change. If you have met up with Jesus, there is no way that your plans can remain the same. You cannot meet Jesus and remain the same. You cannot meet Jesus and remain in the same place. Something has to change. Something has to give. You have got to move from that place to a different place. A man and a woman before marriage might have been planning for certain things. But when they get married, their plans have to change. You cannot marry Jesus and remain the same. It may be drastic for some easy, but things have to change. A house that you build for yourself only has your taste in color, design, and decor. Once another person joins you, something moves from one corner to the other. The curtains changed for the better. The food you eat changes as the two tastes are incorporated. Now with salvation, how can you be saved and go back and live the life the way you used to? I used to drink ciders at parties before I got born again. It was fun getting tipsy sometimes. But when Christ claimed me, no one told me to stop drinking ciders and getting drunk. Christ in me became the hope of glory. There was nothing glorious about being drunk. It had to go. Salvation cost me. You may say ciders is nothing, but tell that to an alcoholic. Somebody who wakes up drinking and sleeps drinking. And I wasn't like that. But it cost me. It is amazing how some believers would still want to justify certain behaviors, asking for a verse when they know deep down that the Lord is bidding them to stop. You still want to please the flesh instead of the spirit. Young people will still ask you, where is it written? Where is the verse that says I must not smoke? Where is the verse that says I must not do this and that? You cannot follow Jesus and carry all the baggage from the past. A friend of mine got born again a year before me, and she stopped drinking as well. 
we used to drink together. I saw less and less of her as her life changed and her focus was on the work of the Lord and fellowship. She was no longer my drinking partner, but she was now a child of God, an ambassador for a different kingdom, a kingdom of priests and kings. Her life changed. She began to follow Jesus. She moved from our circle to the circle of the kingdom of God, where Jesus is the center of her life. I got born again a year later, and my life changed too. I saw less and less of my other drinking partners. I was not an addict, but a casual drinker. It is more costly for someone who is addicted to let go of the bottle. It takes effort and consistency, but more so the Holy Spirit helps us in such weaknesses. However, if someone is not prepared to let go, then the Lord won't force you. You will not be following the Lord. You will expect the Lord to follow you to your drinking parties. It cannot be a child of God. In the book of Acts chapter 9 verse 20, it says, When he was prayed for, that is Saul, his eyes were opened and he received food and stayed for some days there. And then immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Saul did a 360 degrees turn around. He immediately stopped persecuting the church and went to preach the same message he was persecuting them for. He didn't argue about what verse says he must stop persecuting the church. The word was already within him, like fire in his bones. He could not hold it in. This salvation was not a trial and error for him. He jumped in headlong. And he's still going to ask us, where is that verse? Go find it. If you don't find it, the word is in your heart. The Lord will tell you, come follow me. His assignment from the authorities ended when his assignment from the Lord began. You cannot hold on to both assignments, the devils and the Lord's. Salvation will cost you your lifestyle, child of God. Your priorities will change. Your plans will change. If they are not lined up with the word of God, they have to be sacrificed. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A sacrifice is not pleasant, child of God. You part with what belongs to you, Something that you might have loved and cherished and you give it away. And it is never nice. You may be used to living that lifestyle, but you have to sacrifice it. Holding on to what you should let go will hold you down and delay your progress, child of God. Some ladies are used to a lifestyle of getting money from men that they are not married to. Salvation will require of you to leave that man who is not your husband and go make your own money, child of God. Others are still held up in ungodly relationships because of the financial benefits it brings them. Others still want to hold on to corruption and bribery in the workplace for financial gain. Jesus bids you to come out of that kind of life and accept your wages with gladness. Others still want to hold on to ungodly relationships to get promotions at work. Jesus reminds you that the brains you have are created by him. As painful as it is to let go of that which used to be comfortable, God holds better promises, everlasting hope through Christ Jesus. When Elijah threw his mantle upon Elisha, Elisha stopped the work he was doing in the field and he ran after Elijah. 
asking only to go back and bid his family goodbye. The field he was working on was no longer a priority for him, but the assignment of God over him was. When Peter, John, Andrew, and James were called by Jesus, they left their nets and boats and followed Jesus. Their wages was gone. Their means of living was gone. Peter's character had to change bit by bit until he was prepared to really suffer for the Lord. Following Jesus is costly. Saul, now mostly referred to as Paul, left the comfortable position that came with authority and access to whatever support he wanted from the authorities. Paul was initially rejected by the believers who were afraid of him. Some people have been rejected by their families because of Jesus. The Muslim and Chinese communities are known to even disown their loved ones for becoming Christians. Some are killed for their faith. Some lose even their inheritance because of their faith. Then we still have those that still want to hold on to a lifestyle that is not pleasing to the Lord. The same chapter of Paul's conversion records of the plot to kill him already in the same chapter. It did not take long for him to live out the ways of Jesus that he must suffer for the name of the Lord. Paul was beaten, imprisoned, shipwrecked, suffered hunger and peril for the sake of the gospel. Your faith will get you into trouble, child of God. Just like Daniel, who was at his workplace, his enemies could not find anything against him except on matters concerning his God. Believers today ought to be likewise. Daniel followed God, even in Babylon, in a foreign land, in a land where there was no one to remind him about the law, where there was no one who would then say, we're going to excommunicate you from the church because you are not praying to God. There was no one. There was no temple. There was no synagogue. It was just him and God. Daniel followed God, even in Babylon. Some of the battles that you face at work, child of God, is not because you are a bad person, but it is because of your faith. Some demons and diabolic forces cannot stand your presence in the workplace. The power of God working in you is too heavy for them. They will harass you. They will test you. They will mistreat you and even get you fired. You are a hindrance for their work of evil. Some are corrupt and you are standing in their way. But if you do not follow Jesus, you will not stand in their way. You're going to follow them instead of following Jesus. You cannot then back down simply because it is costing you all you have. Even if it does, you will always have Jesus. And Jesus Christ is sufficient. Jesus has a solution for every challenge that you face. The question is, would you believe him? Do you have faith in him? Are you following him in faith? Do you believe that as you follow Jesus, Whatever trouble that you face, he will take you through it. Do you believe him, child of God? Because you see, as a wife believes in her husband, sometimes our husbands will take decisions that we look at them and we think, this decision is wrong. But we follow out of submission. Do you follow Christ in the same manner? After the death and the resurrection of Jesus, Peter and the other disciples went back to fishing. This was their lifestyle before Jesus uprooted them and sent them to villages preaching the good news. When he was no longer with them, they went back to do what they were used to doing. Jesus went to find them fishing. He prepared fish and bread on coals and called them up to eat. Then he had this conversation with Peter where he emphasized the function that Peter now had, feeding the lambs of God. Peter was back to feeding himself through fish 
yet Jesus was calling him to a selfless act of feeding others. If it costs you nothing, then it's not worth it. The solutions you used to have before Jesus Christ became Lord over your life now have to pass through him first. Is he agreeing? Is he the one that is leading you to that solution? Or is, are you still using your old ways and means of coming up with solutions? The business deals that are ungodly have to stop. The ungodly relationships have to stop. The unjust gain has to stop. Paul eventually died for the Lord, just like Peter, just like James, just like Stephen, and many others who paid the ultimate price. And daily many are dying elsewhere for their faith, surely sacrificing some little comfort and all sins at the foot of the cross is worth a lifetime of joy in the Lord. In the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present times are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Allow Jesus Christ to change you. Allow the process. If it is costly to you, it is worth it. Jesus Christ is worth it. He went to the cross because he thought you are to die for. Surely you can be able to live this and that for the one who died for you. He expects us to follow him. We do not follow him because it is easy. We do not follow him because um, he gives us money. We do not follow him because he gives us jobs. We do not follow him because he gives us healing. We follow him because he is Lord of our lives. Shall we accept the good only from the Lord? Shall we only rejoice only when things are good with the Lord? Or do we want to be able to stand and say, After you, Lord, you suffered more than I can even imagine. The cost of following Jesus, to some, it is their own lives. I don't know what it's costing you. If it is cheap, then maybe it's not it. If it's not costing you anything, then maybe it's not it. There's something that has to go. There's something that you've got to let go. Sometimes there's things that you've got to start doing that you were not doing before. Someone may say, I've been living a righteous life. Okay, we bless the Lord for that. But when you're following Jesus, there's things that you're going to step up and take. There's time that you're going to give to the Lord. There's, there's television programs that you're not going to have time to watch because you've got to serve God. I'm not saying don't watch television. I'm saying it is costly to follow the Lord, but that cost is worth it. The things that God expects you to sacrifice are nothing compared to what the Lord has sacrificed for us. Follow the Lord. It cost Paul his life. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was arrested. And he still could rise up and glorify the Lord and praise him. You are going through troubles, child of God. Follow Jesus. And do not think that Jesus Christ is going to lead you straight to the palace. No, no, no. He went through Gethsemane himself. He went through valleys himself. Most servants of God in the Bible, right from Abraham to David, they all suffered. Am I preaching a gospel of suffering? Jesus Christ suffered once. Yes, of course he did. But to follow him, it's going to cost you. And you are going to be prepared to pay that price. You're going to wake up in the middle of the night. Instead of cuddling in bed, you're going to get up and pray for someone. Not even your own problems. Because you are following him. He spent hours and hours praying for us. And today he's going to say pay that price. 
pray for others. You say, I'm not sick. Yes, you are not sick. You are well. You are not poor. You have all the money. Get up and pray for others. They need the money too. They need the healing too. There is so much that the Lord wants us to do. And we are not going to get to doing it sitting on the couch and watching television. It is costly to follow the Lord. But it is worth everything. Because Jesus Christ paid the price and gave us everything. May the Lord lead you. May the Lord hold you by your hand. May the Lord strengthen you as you follow him. May the Lord show you the glorious riches of being with him and in him at all times. May you not be weary. May you not give up. Know that he's always there. And he says we'll never be tempted beyond what we can bear. So you say you're facing troubles. Rejoice. You're being fine-tuned. You'll come out as gold. Follow him. Follow him. He bids you follow him. Shalom. Thank you for listening to Word Anchor Podcast. I hope you were blessed by this message. For copies of my books, go to Amazon.com. Check out the show notes for more details. Until next time, stay blessed and continue making the Word of God your anchor.